What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. Asian bitches down under the podcast about sharing information and perspectives from the Asian diasporas in society and culture. We encourage you to subscribe to our show by Apple, Google, or Spotify. If you have enjoyed our episodes, please support us by giving us a five-star rating and get your friends on board to listen to us. Finally, we would love you to support this podcast by donating to our Buy Me a Coffee program. Your wonderful support and donations will help us to continue creating the platform for diversity and inclusivity. Make sure you check out the episode show notes for any collaborations we're working with to promote. Thanks again, and we hope you will enjoy today's episode. Jesse, hi. This is Helen. And we are Asian bitches down under. Down under this week is where the temperature today in Sydney is a very steamy, scorching 31 degrees. Helen, how yeah. is it going up in the central coast? Yeah, it's heading to 35 degrees near our area. 35? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's why I'm going to the beach in the afternoon. Insane. Insane. <laughs> and firstly, apologize for the sound in the background. My neighbor's returning to do his renovation of his deck again. So. <sighs> Oh my god, it's going to be have, like buzzing sound in the background. Well, I can't hear it. That's okay. Yeah, but it's probably going to go to the recording. Yeah, it's so oh. annoying. Um, yeah. Before we start recording, we already had a big chat about what we've been doing yeah. this week. Yeah, and... and then like always halfway, like 50% <laughs> deep into Helen's um, inter- interrogation into the subject matter, the back of my mind, I'm like, why are we not hitting record? <laughs> Yeah, Such great conversations. Yeah. So, um, we were talking about the uh, industry of translating, and this will all come into light once we talk about what we did this week. Mm-hmm. Um, all both of us had really busy weeks. I went to my first jazz gig at the Great Club in a long time, and I was uh-huh. really scared because, like, you know, Omicron and all that, it's uh-huh. still spreadable. <laughs> but um, it was so nice. Every time I'm there, because I was so mm. dreading it, I was really dreading it. I had to review it for a publication. Oh, but yeah. the moment I'm there, I'm like so happy that I'm there and glad because yeah, the vibe um, because jazz is life jazz yeah. is life guys okay uh, nice. yeah so um take us through Helen what you went up to this weekend you were down in Sydney for this really in a very uh interesting sounding Korean centered festival tell us about that yeah, so for those listeners who listened to our last episode, the last week's episode, we know that I've interviewed Shona Yan, the founder of Cosicon. She uh, invited Jesse and I to attend the anti Asian. Ra- yeah, anti Asian racism last year, yeah. the rally uh, down in Circular Key. Yeah, so she organized another event this year. Um, so at the interview, we spoke about the event Welcome to Koreatown, which happened last Saturday. The mm-hmm. event was to showcase some of the small businesses run by Korean Australians. And there were um, so many amazing performances by a lot of talent artists as well. So if you have missed the event last Saturday, make sure you check out Cosicon uh, for their stories of the like entrepreneurs and the performing artists. Mm-hmm. My thought of that day, because... Um, before going to that event in the evening, um, my daughter and my husband kind of walk around the CBD. There yeah. were some places that were really seasoned with crowds. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, the Regent place on George Street that we had lunch and got the mm-hmm. toys from the vending machine. The oh, yeah. Gashopon. When your daughter 
when your daughter got comba, comba, yeah, comba ring. The, the brace pork so, ring. Yeah, yeah, so, so cute. Ecstatic. Yeah. Because I is a vegetarian, but she loves comba. Yeah, she's self-proclaimed vegetarian, <laughs> but she likes except for, pork. Except for pork. Yeah. Except for pork. Um, but unfortunately, I think Chinatown is looking very depressing. Like oh, many so shops fronts were empty yeah. and plastered mm. with like for lease signs. Signs, yeah. Yeah, and there were very few shops that were open. The only place mm. that were had a line outside was the Emperor's Bakery for the Emperor Puff, <laughs> which we got some as well. Which are legendary. Yeah. When so we grow, when we were growing up, it was a dollar a piece. No, no, no. It was like I no? think it was twenty cents a piece. It's fifty cents now. Oh my god, you're kidding! Twenty <laughs> cents a piece. God, that's insane. You know the the journey. The you feel old when you've been uh, like kind of told by the inflation oh, yeah. of the yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Back in our day, it was like fifty cents for a cone. Wait, was cone still? Was no, cone it was thirty cents. With thirty cents, cone, the, yeah, it. thirty cents oh was the very gosh. beginning. Oh no, it's a dollar and twenty or something like that. Wait, you're dollar. kidding? No way. I haven't bought corn for a very, very long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Why would you? <laughs> I think the last bad, um, bad, uh, fast food drink I had was like from Hungry Jack's, the Warts thing, with the uh, yeah. squiggle the bubbles, bubbles, bursts, yeah. the bursties or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's really good. I have to say it's very, very good. But I <laughs> it's a novelty have a, drink. Yeah. yeah, I would only have it once in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, a similar situation with Pitt Street, which mm-hmm. once was like flourished with Korean restaurants. But um, what surprised me on the day while I was walking around in CBD was that, um, especially on Dixon and Sussex Street, uh, the area that I kind of hang around a lot when I was in yeah. my uni. Yeah, um, and also working for our dad. Yeah, working for our dad as well, was the increase of beautician clinics. You know, there's a corner um, with between the Sussex and Dixon. Bathurst. Yeah, and there oh, was a okay. bakery. There's a huge bakery. Oh yeah, yeah, Maxine. yeah. And I then love they, that bakery. And later it turned out to be um, Bread Top. I think. I think yes, Bread yes. Top was briefly yeah. on that corner for a little while, and now it's a beautician clinic. And there's beautician clinics almost everywhere you can see, because like, around so Chinatown. Depressing. That's it's so strange. Depressing. Like it feels like. The beauty industry is still thriving during the pandemics. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, how people still care about yeah how well they look. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like how and how upsetting to hear that um people are spending money over um their face over um are prioritizing their face over bread. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, bread is life, guys. Yeah, I know. Bread is life. The, bread the and bakery. jazz. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so depressing. I know it's slightly depressing. Yeah, I don't know what what's gonna happen. I guess people are still very obsessed about how they look, you know, the value yeah, in how they present themselves. Anyway, so... I blame in. I just want to say I blame Instagram for all of that. Uh huh. Yeah. If there's like an Instagram hating society, I would yeah. like to join. I would like to be the president of the in- Instagram anti anti Instagram. It's <laughs> like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Um. So the other event that I attend this. Uh, week was on Tuesday evening. It's held by the Chinese Film Festival in Australia. A uh, huge shout out to Benson, the founder of the festival. Benson Wu. Yeah, amazing guy. Um, so he re- organized this event called Asian Queer Literature, 
we had our first event of the Chinese literature last year, but it was through Zoom because we couldn't do it over the lockdown, face to face. And the this second event talking about the Asian lit queer literature was supposed to happen last year in July, but it was、mm. postponed in November. Then again postponed into、um, February this year.、Um, so the teens organizes event. It has、um, been really difficult for. Events like this to go ahead during the pandemics, and what really surprised me was that the turnout was really great on Tuesday evening. I had a fantastic time meeting and listening to the presentations by Ari, Larissa, Heinrich, and also Thomas Bodetnet.、Um, both are the academics who work on queer literature and translated Asian queer works. So. The discussions were really fascinating about the style of the queer representation.、Um, How the differences in how Asian writers uses languages differently to the style of the the queer repres、uh, the queer work compared to the Western works, and we also、uh, they also spoke about the flourishing of queer literature expanding into Western readerships,、uh, which I highly recommend Membrane by Ji Da Wei,、uh, a Chinese writer translated by Ari. Um, who was on the who was there at the night?、Um, so the work is very imaginative and very highly sophisticated way of presenting presenting the metaphorical dystopian of the world of climate change,、uh, body autonomy, cyborg,、mm-hmm. um, sexuality、mm-hmm. through touch, and also other senses of human, and also the novel kind of、uh, explore the question of what is human. Yeah, yeah. So the book is called Membrane by Ji Da Wei. I read the Chinese、uh, original work,、um, so、wow. I, I don't know how the English would look like. Mm-hmm.、Um, mm-hmm. So this kind of expand to our conversation about translation、yeah. before we start recording.、Um, yeah, I, I just feel like there's a conflict because we had when I share the、um, the video. Apart from Jess questioning why there were two white male as a speaker for an Asian event,、um, mm. we also got some、uh, followers on our Instagram that、yeah. kind of ask, "Oh, okay, it's a bit funny that you had there were two white dudes white, at an、yeah. Asian literature event."、Um, yeah, my explanation is that、uh, the organizers had gone through a list, and it was. It was difficult to find someone who, with the intersectionality, on expertise on Asian literature as well as queer literature. So you need to find someone、mm. who are into these two subjects. You know, you、mm. have to find the intersect of these two subjects.、Um, you'll find a lot of Asian academ- academics who does Asian studies, but you, I don't know if you know. Maybe our listeners can kind of direct us if you know. There's Asian academics who are working on queer literatures. We would like to meet them as well,、yeah. um, but because of I think it's cultural constraints that there are not a lot of、um, Asian academics that want to do queer literature. Again, it's a very down to、uh, I guess a confinement of ideas that you know academics there mostly. I'm not saying all of them, but I'm presuming that a lot of them. Who are doing classical literatures? Their their、mm. minds are maybe a bit narrow, so mm. Um, mm. queer literature might be something very new for them. Yeah,、um, 
you know, that's out of their touch that they probably never thought about it, talking about mm. it. And yeah. also in translation industry, um, why we get white translators to do English translation, as in foreign language into English translation, because again, it's their native languages. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. English is their native language. So even it's for me, I, I don't feel fully confident to translate in a very academic level into English. I know I'm confident in a lot of um, conversational and maybe casual translations. Yeah. Um, but with a lot of academic work and I, I don't want to read something that I'm truly been... Um, touched for example membrane i think it's a great work but even for me it is a very difficult work to mm. translate it to, into english and also um what i was saying what we were saying before we start recording was that um this might sound a little controversial um i talked to my husband about it as well on the subject of translating chinese into english Chinese can differ in many regions. You know, you have mainland yeah. China's Chinese, their Mandarin is very different to the Chinese that Taiwanese is used. Yeah. And then again, you know, you have Southeast Asian Chinese, their way of expressing expression are also very different. So different, yeah. Yeah. So unless that you're very familiar with a particular region of Chinese, for example, for me, it will be Taiwanese, Chinese. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for Ari, who, who did the translation of Ji Dawei's work, you'll find very hard to find people to translate it into English. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of translators who are translating Chinese to English, most of their work will be translating the mainland China's work. Right. Yeah, and yeah. again, um, China's not very open about queer work, unfortunately. You know, they, they yeah. censor a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, again, you, you want to find a translator who's willing to translate queer works. Yeah. It's going to be very difficult because politically they feel like, oh, I feel like I'm constrained. I don't, I don't want to displease the Chinese government, the CCP, of translating some kind of work yeah. that is kind of not going to be make them happy about it. Because we've seen the, the last you know 12 months uh, how much CCP has been censoring um, even celebrities. Everyone. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> even with the celebrities who are not openly gay, but they're just showing, like the, fe the male celebrities are showing slightly feminine about them. They've been censored as well. Really? Yeah. They use even using the word sissy in their propagandas. They uh, saying mm. that oh, we don't want sissy guys on our entertainment industry, something like that. So, mm. I'm guessing it's very hard for the queer writers, even in China, they want to kind of open up to Western countries. It will be hard for them to do so. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of my theory around translation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I also yeah, want too. to mention, sorry, before yeah. I, I finish yeah, the whole thing, I want to mention that the uh, rising popularity of BL, Boys Love, so apparently it's quite popular around straight girls in Asia because of the, the aesthetic of the ma male characters is very high on the standard of the like attractiveness for the straight girls. Mm -hmm. um, what again, is it? Yeah, um, so Boys Love, it's, it's gay love, but it's targeted for the audience of the younger group 
as in we're talking about teenagers, high school mm-hmm. age, mm. and stereotypically, like I'm gonna apologize that this is kind of like a preconceived idea that gay guys from Asia are perceived as more feminine,、mm. and they're easy to get along with, or at least that works for many Japanese style of boy love comics.、Mm. They're more like soft palate, tender, and often include aspects of like cuteness. Yeah. So kind of represent、yeah. the sense of purity, innocence, and youthfulness.、Mm. So a lot of straight woman enjoys reading、yeah. that kind of comics.、Like、that. Yeah. 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 And I'm so surprised. Well, actually, I shouldn't be surprised. You know, I should like kind of make it more normalized.、Um, on the on the day after the event, I went to have a look the bookstore in city. So I kind of browsed through Dimmicks, and I was. Quite happy to see、um, boy love comics at the YA section.、So、yeah, it's out in Dimix. Yeah, at Dimix. That's great.、Yeah. So it's out there. Everyone can get it. It's not somewhere that they put at the very bottom of back. The- yeah, yeah. <laughs> back of the bookshelf. Yeah, in、mm-hmm. the storage. Um, where was the actual event, Helen? Uh, it was at Darlinghurst. So it was at a Thai restaurant at Darlinghurst. Oh, was it? Did they serve you food? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, was it we good? We had Thai meat dinner. Yeah, it was really, really good.、Yeah. Who did you sit next to?、Um, I sat next to Annabelle and Sofina. Shout out to the two ladies who sat next to me and kept me company. And also, I made new friends. And another shout out to Li Pin, who、mm-hmm. sat next to me at the next table, and we had such a great conversation around you、oh. know literature. Yeah, and just the whole vibe. Like I feel like I wasn't in the COVID pandemics, and I would just feel like, oh, I finally can go out and have a drink, have a dinner,、yeah. and enjoy、yeah. people's discussion. Yeah, are、cool. they queer? Are were all the people? Oh,、queer? some people are queer. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So, what were you、so、going to say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. No, I was just going to say, like, with the with your theory about translating the difficulties of. Man, like Chinese into English, yeah. Um, it feels, it feels very. It feels like something that would be kind of impossible to overcome. I guess. Yeah, I mean, like I don't see a way in which things can, like how I'm sure within the industry, there is like constantly ways of moving things forward. But like、mm-hmm. in my head, it feels like an impossible task. Just because. Yeah.、Like, It's very difficult, and and also like I wonder whether you know in hundred years time, there will be fewer language groups, as in like the style will actually just sort of reduce and converge since like more people are moving to the city,、oh, and so people's changing、okay. aspects of speech will change and language will change, and like in like what a thousand years time, if we haven't all burned to death,、uh-huh. you know this planet will we all be speaking ostensibly like five languages. Oh, you mean because, everyone because will be is, able to yeah, speak multiple? World, yeah. No, no, no. As in, like, just the number of languages and styles、oh, slowly、okay. just kind of diminish because of. I mean, that's assuming that you know,、um, everyone as time goes by、mm-hmm. becomes more and more prosperous, you know,、mm. and move to the city, things like that. That's an interesting、um, thought. I'm actually on the opposite spectrum of that kind of、oh, yeah? idea. What I, do you mean? I, I'm assuming that. There will be more languages. Everyone's trying to establish their own identities, and also、oh, try to preserve、okay. yeah. the certain identities. I mean,、yeah. now we're we're kind of trying to revitalize a lot of old languages and also native languages, indigenous languages,、mm, and、mm. you know, try to revitalize our own 
um, identity. I feel like there's yeah. going to be more languages rather than less. Yeah, awesome. Well, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that is a better world. Yeah, hopefully, you know. <laughs> Well, um, before we take a break to launch into our spiel about the Winter Olympics in Beijing, mm-hmm. um, which I believe is probably ending soon, so, right? Yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel like it's been going on for a while um, in the back of my world. Uh, but there is good news in terms of this year's Oscars. Um, it hasn't actually had a, ho- a host since 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of controversies, like I think three years ago, two years ago, Kevin Hart, you know, his controversial appointment and then like Uh letting him go because of historic homophobic tweets Um, but this year they have made a good decision in teaming up a trio of comedians um three women amy schumer wanda skykes and regina hall and what i really love about this mix (laughs) well first of all i was just like why don't you just get one woman it's almost like they need three women to meet the same as white equivalent of one white man i know i I would feel really pissed off yeah i was just like come on why just can't like they just one get woman, one woman? You know? yeah, yeah, like Amy Schumer, enough. You know, yeah. Or like Wanda Skykes, enough. Um, Regina Hall. They're all really funny act- mm-hmm. actresses um, yeah. and comedians in their own right. What I love mostly about the decision to choose these women, Helen, is that they're not young. I like that. I oh, like yeah. that they're a bit older. Like um, uh-huh. Amy is 40. Yes. Wanda is 50, Good 50, on her. 57. Uh-huh. And Regina is um, 51. Amazing. So it's like... Uh-huh. You know, um, it's they're like taking really up the space awesome to have, yeah, to have yeah. like. Um, I'm not saying they're old; they're definitely not old, but just like Mature. women who are not freaking, you know, um, just uh, kind of women who don't just um, are bankable because of their looks or their age. You know, mm-hmm. they're actually funny, yeah, and they're smart, and uh-huh. they're being recognized in this way. Is like very, uh, thank God, it's promising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also I um for the first time this year, Twitter is actually allowing its users to vote Ooh. for their favorite film. So you can do that if you just like okay. um, I believe the, just look up the hashtag. Oscar yeah, yeah. Nominations um, or awards. Yeah. Yeah, like you can you can tweet. Um, oh, I don't know what you're supposed to tweet, but like you, mm-hmm. uh, you you go on Twitter, you tweet like your favorite movie and with a hashtag, and then like they counted the, as the, a vote. Yeah, they count as a vote, and they actually will announce the the winners of people's favorite movies. Okay, um, on at the actual event, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's 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 like cool that they're doing this, I guess, because like they want to involve, they want, like, I guess, they want people to have more agency in um, creating space and highlighting films that the academy don't recognize, and you know the academy are so yeah. freaking narrow minded. That's they right. often yeah. miss the best films. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I guess that's, it becomes uh, like a algorithm for them as a survey for a lot of movie makers to think what kind of movies that the general public are interested in watching. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people who use Twitter, which, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> people who use oh Twitter. God. <laughs> okay. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to chat about the Olympic Games. Winter Olympic Games. So we're back, and the Winter Olympics historically hasn't ever had the kind of media and general ho hum that the, uh, to the Summer, Summer Olympic Olympics. Games. Yeah. yeah, for a number of reasons. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. places in the world don't get don't get snow. 
Yeah, that in itself right. is like kind of, it's a very, um, I, I'd say it can be seen as a more elite and exclusive, I guess, kind of competition. I will um, say elite because you have to spend yeah. more money oh, to so train money. Yeah. someone. And travel. In- and travel to those places, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we used to joke about how the private school kids, when we have go our, skiing in the, yeah, in the holidays, go yeah, ski in, in our summer holidays in yeah. like Sweden, Aspen. Sweden, Aspen. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, um, but my favorite thing about um Winter Olympic Games has always mm. been figure skating because I just think like. It's, it's like watching, it's, it's yeah, watching figure skaters dance, is yeah. like it's just the most exquisite thing, and it's the most exciting sport I think. Also, because it's like beautiful as well as like terribly graceful and difficult. Yes. And yeah. um, I became kind of obsessed about Nathan Chen Chan, who won the um, men's figure skating's like individuals. Um, mm-hmm. I think last week sometime, and he's um, I was kind of shocked to hear that he's twenty two. Even My though, God. like I guess most most figure skaters are young, and also mm-hmm. I think the, I think the uh, sort of top figure skater at the Olympics currently is like a fifteen year old girl. Yes, there's a Russian. Like in the winners, yeah, in the yeah. women's competition, yeah. She, so there's like, there's a very a lot of controversy around her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we won't go into because I don't know anything about it yet. Yeah, um, it's but, too much. Yeah, but Nathan Chen is um Asian. His parents are Chinese, I believe. Mm-hmm. They might even be Taiwanese. I don't know. But, no, I'm pretty um, he, sure they're Chinese. Yeah, are they? They're from okay. China, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so he, I think he's from California, and he, um, I watched a couple of videos of him talking about how, like, uh-huh. um, his background and, like, how he started off training as a ballerina first. Okay. And, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, like, uh, for those of people who haven't watched, you should go on, on YouTube and watch his, um, his winning gold medal uh, routine, which mm-hmm. he set to uh, Elton John's medleys, like Elton John songs, uh-huh. a medley of uh, Elton John, and okay. it's it's so interesting and it's so beautiful, and it kind of really it led me to this spiral of looking at videos of figure skating. <laughs> one in particular about how a lot of about um, well, one video I looked at and was fascinated by was this one video titled something like um, Five Figure Skating Tricks That Are No Longer Allowed." Oh, okay. What are and they? And it was like, yeah, there was like a backflip. You're not allowed to do backflip anymore. Oh, okay. Um, I remember you know watching the, those. Yeah, like, in the 90s, a, there was this in guy the 90s, who was yeah. like a I think his name's yeah. Alvis something. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the backflip was banned. Um, a lot of things like um, kind of carrying the woman up and th- um, kind of um, uh, uh, spinning her around with the man holding onto her skates is also... Okay. Um, banned because that's just it sounds dangerous. very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it's so dangerous. Um, another one is like um, skating, like um, lying on those uh, ice is also banned. Which okay. I just thought, why? That's not dangerous. But <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> but um, I but the r- judge's reason was like, if you're lying on the ice, you're not skating. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so like, okay. it's like a it's more like a dance. Yeah. Strange. Okay. Rule, um, sort of barring. But uh, yeah, I get. I guess I was fascinated by the fact that um, it's just interesting that um, in my mind, in mm-hmm. every discipline or sport, as time goes on, mm-hmm. in my head, I just assume that sports become more and more wilder. Like um, it becomes, it diversifies in its range yes. of like expansiveness. You know, yes. and and to and to realize that actually in the eighties and nineties, people were doing way crazier things 
to me was like, oh, it feels a bit like recessive. It feels like we're going oh, backwards. Okay. And then I had this conversation with my brother and he mm-hmm. is like a really, really big weightlifter. And he was like, well, <laughs> like um, they do this for safety reasons. Yes. Um, and I was like, yeah, I get it. But like, I guess my argument was like... Um, but you limit the creativity. How, yeah. Especially that's what it sounds skating. like. Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah. Right. Like, how do you... I guess, like, how, how does something change without it being, like, more, in some way, riskier? Yeah. If, if, if things become safer, then, like, how, how is the sport supposed to grow? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not condoning the fact that, you know, figure skaters should do dangerous things. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to put their lives on the line. Yeah. I just mean, how, how does a sport grow mm-hmm. otherwise? Yeah, I guess it's always very hard to find a balance for sports, especially something like figure skating, something more artistic or even like gymnastics that you want to push the boundaries. But at the same time, you have to really watch out for your own safety. Um, And also, you know, sometimes you think that you're pushing the human limit. For example, the weightlifting, you know, when we were watching it last year, we were like, fucking hell, this is crazy. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so I guess it it they always have to push the boundaries, and especially artistic-wise. I don't know. Yeah, and who gets to say about the safety things? You know, yeah, it that comes down to a bit of power dominations yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. What what sports have you been watching at the Winter Olympic Games in Beijing? Oh, actually, I'm trying to boycott because of what China's doing. So oh, I haven't okay. really been watching Winter Olympics. I've only like briefly saw a couple of shots of the um the snowboard when I was staying down in Sydney. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah snowboarding is cool. Yeah, snowboarding where they do a little bit of tricks and. Um, try to land from like 10 meters up in the sky. That's crazy Insane. stuff. Yeah. Um, but who, um, like the people that I really were following was um, two girls in particular, two ladies in particular, Eileen Gu and also Zhu yep. um, Yi, Beverly Zhu. Um, apparently both of them has been naturalized citizen for China where they both, I assume they both were born in U.S., and there's a lot of discussions of, around these two athletes um, mm. about why they choose to represent China rather than U.S. if they had been, they both were trained in U.S. before. Yeah, yeah. I think Eileen Gu, because her mom moved back to China, and mm. her dad is apparently unknown. You don't know anything about her dad. So she's yeah. a mix, but her mom, is, her mom is Chinese. Yeah, so there's a lot of talk about kind of, you know, there's one group of people saying that she's, like, betrayed U.S. and another group of people saying that, oh, yeah, good, that she's finding her roots. She's following her mom back to the motherland. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently she's getting a lot of sponsorship as a good-looking athlete, of course, again. She's she's a fucking, like, a Victoria supermodel. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I know. The stuff you can get, the stuff, the privileges you get by having a good good look. God, it's just insane. But I love the fact that um she's actually talented. She's not just like She's really talented. Yeah, she yeah, won a gold medal. Just she, yeah. Pretty face. Yeah. Um but on the other hand, I think Beverly Zhu was being criticized by a lot of China Chinese netizens um because she didn't perform that well. So you kind of get to know how the harshness or trying to represent China and if you don't mm. do well, 
Mm. You get really cyber bullied online. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Incredibly oh. harsh. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. <sighs> so those are the two athletes I was kind of following. You know, throughout the past two weeks. Um. On the other news, um. Sadly, that we've heard uh, another woman who's died from stabbing in New York. Christina Yuna Lee. Mm. Um. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah. This is this is um this is a new segment by the way. Yeah, so yeah, we're turning we're kind of out jumping. Attention. Yeah, jumping the gu- from the Olympic Games to another issue that we wanted to highlight: Asian, anti-Asian hate in yeah. the world. Uh-huh. Continue, yeah. Helen. So one of the follower on Instagram sent me the news. I looked up on New York Times. Um, so this lady, Christina Yuna Lee, who was, um unfortunately been stabbed last Sunday at one of the Manhattan building in New York. So according to the New York Times, the police officers who responded to a 911 call about disturbance in the lower Manhattan building on Sunday heard a woman screaming when they reached the sixth floor. But the door to the apartment where the screams had been had come from was locked. Uh, this is quite bizarre. So the, when the police arrived at the place, it seems like the woman was still alive. So as uh-huh. the police struggled with the door, at first they still hear her calls for help. Uh-huh. But then she went quiet. A prosecutor uh-huh. said that um, in a Manhattan court, criminal court hearing on Monday night saying that another voice emerged sounding like a woman telling them, we don't need police here, go away. So, okay. so far we don't really know what had happened, but when the... Police had arrived and actually broke down the door. They found Christina Yuna Lee um, die in, dead in her bathtub with more than 40 stab wounds. And the second voice, so they actually found out that it was a guy named Assam Nash who had followed the victim into the building on Christie Street in Chinatown and forced his way to her home and stabbed her. Um, they later found out that the guy is... Um, living in a homeless shelter, he might have some mental issues. Jesus, but fuck. All of this up. is really terribly depressing because, you know, from the pandemics that we have been talking about the racism in US and even so that we haven't seen... Uh, I don't want to see this kind of things happening in Australia, of course. Yeah. But it's just shocking that, um, you know, a, a woman has been targeted for murder because of her ethnicity. Like yeah. everyone's saying that it's most likely because she's Asian. You know, she was right. walking through Chinatown, she's been followed and Yeah. So That's like it, just, that's so horrifying. It's very horrifying. That's yeah. so fu- As a woman, so... think about it, how much it hasn't really changed unfortunately, you know, we we had always been so cautious about our own safety. Yeah, and I'm sure that she was really cautious, but it's just unfortunate it happened to her. Even with me, that I was, um, I stayed over in Sydney for the event on Tuesday night, and yeah. <laughs> I had, um, thankfully, I had the group of friends that I met on the night who walked me back to the apartment because they had yeah. to walk to the station as well. And even when I arrived at the apartment, I saw there were three guys behind me. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, this was uh, like almost 11 p.m. 
Yo, Pei, why are you out? Because <laughs> I haven't money. been out. I haven't been out for so long. So I really yeah. want to enjoy the night. So yeah, we went to grab gelato afterwards. Yeah, but yeah. I had those new friends who walked me back to the apartment. But when I was, you know, when you're entering the apartment, there's a lobby area. Yeah, yeah. And I just kind of like, I can feel there were three guys behind me. They were in their tradie uniform. Okay. The, my first instinct was I need to stop right there. I'm not going to go to, into elevators with them. Yeah, yeah, good. So good, I step good, on good to the sidewalk at the waiting area at the yeah, lobby yeah. and pretend that I'm looking through my phone. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to look something up. So I yeah. wait for them to get onto the elevator and then yeah. I took my turn to wait for the next yeah. elevator available. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just thought that there's always like a instinct in the back of your mind oh, i don't know yeah absolutely it happened it is the same with all the other women out there that you yeah, always yeah. have to be aware of someone behind you oh yeah i i do it like um almost like neurotically yeah i, I look like an idiot i honestly look like an idiot just uh, even Looking like back yeah even during the day i do it um and then mm. the elevator thing i have to say i do it as well like because the once the elevator closes you have no idea what yeah what's you, gonna that, happen that, that, exactly like you're you're but it's a closed space. Yeah, it's a closed space. You have no... Like, every time I've been in an elevator with just one guy, I always think... Like, I always assess, is this guy going to rape me or kill me? Oh, my Honestly, God. Honestly, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not kidding. I know. Because you it's just, so like, scary. The moment the door closes, um, no one can help you. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Yeah. So, that's why I, what I did that night. I was like, okay, I'm just... I'm not going to take my chances. I know that these guys is probably... They are probably safe. They're in their trading uniforms. They're probably going to do some renovations down in the car park or something. But I'm just going to look kind of stupidly waiting at the lobby and look through my phone and look over my shoulder to make sure that they got their elevator and they left and I got the next elevator. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay, usually what's really shocking, Dobe, is like because mostly, usually, like 99% of the time, Nisen are killed by their intimate partner or someone they know. Yeah. You know, usually, like, usually people are like, oh, no, no, she's a stranger's beyond pa. But then this yeah. happens and you're like, oh, you my have to God, fucking pa everything, everything, you know? Yeah, strangers and intimate partners. Everything, yeah. yeah, everything. Just don't be a woman. Everyone. That'll solve everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just don't be a woman. It's so hard. Don't be born a woman. <laughs> it's so hard being a woman. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. Remember to give us a five-star rating and we welcome listeners to send us your feedback on any topics you would like us to explore. See our updates on our socials and make sure that you share them with your friends to help us to extend the visibility of Asian bitches down under and continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry. So we'll speak to you next week. Stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Stay safe.